Hey everybody, George Robson here, Worship Arts Pastor at Ocean Grove Online Church. Welcome to another one of our podcasts. I want to encourage you to stay with us for this week's scripture reading and message. Amen. So as Jamie shared earlier, this is my last preaching Sunday. I will be with you on the 26th of June. We've got some baptisms we want to be able to celebrate. I'll be, be with you on that Sunday. And my last day as pastor at, at the church is June 30th. So good to be with you today and to share uh, the Word of God with you. You know, as, as I and you and the church and um, we go through this transition, I thought, what, what's the right scripture to preach on on my last, my last Sunday? And then I thought, you know, it's the beginning of the summer program. Uh, for the community, the auditorium opens at 10.30 this morning with our first traditional worship service in that space. So what's a good way to get started in our summer ministry here? And I thought, Isaiah 43. So let me share it with you. And uh, I also thought, you know, I woke up this morning. And so this is also a really good passage <laughs> for all of us to be reminded of when we wake up in the morning. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. So Isaiah 43, 16 through 21, it is in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, he who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick, this is what the Lord says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for the promise of this brand new day. Thank you for bringing us together, either in person or online, to be um, with our brothers and sisters in Christ and to be with you as we worship. But God, we pray that you would open this scripture up to us in a way that feeds our soul, challenges our way of life, and leads us into the future full of hope and promise. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. All right, so I got a little two-question quiz for us. I heard a little groan there. It's really not that hard. Um, it's kind of a fill-in-the-blank or complete the sentence. So the first is, God is good. And all the time. All right. Good. You passed the first question. And the second one, God is the same. Yes. Wow. A plus. A plus for everybody. But that second question, 
That second fill in the blank, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. First, let me tell you, yes, that's true. But I want to put that over against, or not against, but put that right next to what we just read where it says, where God says, see, I am doing a new thing. So how can we reconcile God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, but here God is doing a new thing. So I want us to be careful as we unpack this this morning to not confuse God's new thing with our old traditions. Does that make sense? That sometimes we get so locked into God showing up in a certain way that we miss. Yes, there are things and core truths about God that will never, ever, ever change. But what I want to help us to, to think about and explore this morning is how can we see God's new thing in the midst of God's never changing? So, um, again, it, it says, see... I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? You know, one of the examples I thought of immediately was, you know, I'm old enough to have witnessed the, the birth of, of the contemporary music scene and how upsetting that was for some people because God could never be experienced with guitars, keyboards, and drums. <laughs> we know better though, don't we? And then I thought, you know, there was a time when the pipe organ was brought into churches for the first time and people said, oh my Lord, what is that sound? No more chanting? You know, how can God be experienced without chanting? Just most recently, we, we, we believe that, that, you know, God showed up and we showed up to the church building. Or we showed up here on a Sunday morning. But we have learned, we have learned, dear friends at home, that God shows up through this. And God binds us together in this way. And we had to be open to God's new thing or, or in the midst of a global pandemic, we would have missed out on, on a huge part of the body of Christ. And so I want to, again, um, play around with this idea this morning and explore it. And a little deeper, because one of the things I can attest to over my 35 years of ministry and my 64 years of life is that life moves in cycles and in rhythms. Sometimes life is the same old, same old, right? And it feels like we're stuck in a rut or things are on autopilot, autopilot and we're just going through the motions. Other times, there's chaos. And there's stress. And we would do anything for just a taste of sameness and boredom and, and routine. But still other times, change comes. And it brings with it new growth, new opportunities, new ways of being and thinking, and genuine excitement, if we allow it to. 
through the prophet Isaiah, God speaks of a new thing that is about to spring up and says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? But I want to go back to a a few verses before this passage in Isaiah and help us to see God's bigger picture here. And it goes like this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. This is reference to the Exodus. This is reference to to God delivering the Hebrew people out of slavery in Egypt through the Red Sea and into the wilderness before arriving at the Promised Land. But listen to what is said next. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is is saying to the people of, of Israel here, he's reminding them of all the things he did for them in the past, how he rescued them from slavery, rescued them from bondage in Egypt, how he made a way through the sea, saved them from the enemies that pursued them. And after God retells and recounts and reminds them of all of these wonderful things that he did for them, he says Forget all that. Right? Don't dwell on that. Forget what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Now I thought, you know, God might tell the Israelites to forget what what they had been through in slavery. Forget the bad things that have happened to you. Forget the heartache and the pain of being a displaced people. Instead, God tells them to forget the past after he reminds them of their deliverance and the good things that God has done on their behalf. Why would God say that? There's plenty of places in Scripture that tell us the things that have happened in the past that show us this is how God has moved in the past and we are encouraged to remember them because they will bring us encouragement when we face similar challenges and we can learn from them. We can gain wisdom and insight and direction from looking back. But here, God says, forget the past. And I think the reason God says that is because of what he says next. See, I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? God was about to do something new. And he asked them, do they perceive it? If they will see it, will they recognize it as it unfolds? And that reminds me, friends, that looking back can be good. But we must be careful that we don't miss what's happening in the present. And what God is preparing the way for in the future. Somebody said that uh, the past is a good, uh, I want to make sure I get this right. Someone said that the past is a good place to visit, but not a good place to live. (laughs) Uh, Learning from the past is a good thing, but we need to be careful we don't live there. You know, uh, we've never done it that way before. 
we've always done it this way. Or, do you remember the good old days? Which actually probably never were as good as we remember them today. Do you remember the glory years? I have served a number of churches over the years. The one church I served in Summit, we had 150 people in worship on Sunday. Just about 25 or 30 years before, that had, church had a membership of 1,200. So guess how often we said, oh, I wish it were like that. But if you stay there too long, you miss what God is doing in the midst of the 125. You miss what God is doing in the new context and in the new time and place that God is working. We can look at what God did in the past, but we can so easily fixate on that. We can get caught up in what God has done in the past and miss out on what God is getting ready to do. It'd be easy for me this morning to, to think back on the, my 35 years as a pastor and, and, and just live in the future by just going over all of the wonderful experiences I've had, all the wonderful people I've, I've met along the way, all of, all of the wonderful blessings that have come over the last 35 years, and miss out on what God's got in store for me next. It's easy for us to do that as a church, too. We can also live in the past and, and, and think that our best days are behind us. I, I hope our best days are not behind us. As good as they've been, I hope our best days are not behind us. God tells Israel not to be so focused on what he has done in the past that they miss out what he is about to do for them in the future. And it's interesting, when we look at what God is comparing past and future, in the past, we see that, uh, uh, that he made a, a streams through the sea and the mighty waters. And that was, again, parting the Red Sea, allowing it. And the new thing that God is about to do is make a way in the wilderness to provide streams in the desert. So what is true about God is that God makes a way. God makes a way when there seems to be no way. Where we only see drought and barrenness, he makes streams and waters the earth. He takes us on a journey from the bondage of slavery into liberty and fullness. But if we are looking back how God made a way through the waters and we're expecting the same thing over and over again, we'll miss out on what God is about to do. We might be standing by the water expecting a repeat of what happened before, but God's new thing is taking place in the wilderness in a new way. Same thing, God making a way, different place. So God, yes, is the same yesterday, today, and, and tomorrow. And God will make a way where there is no way. And God will do it in a new way and do a new thing over and over and over again. Because God did something in the past doesn't mean he'll do it in the exact same way now and in the future. Another reason that we don't perceive God's new thing is because we've become so accustomed to God's old thing. And God's 
old saying suits us so well and leaves us so comfortable that sometimes we hope God will not do a new thing because it might mean that we have to change and do something differently. On the website entitled Words of Faith, Hope, and Love, the author writes this. I love this, so I want to share it with you this morning. This is what she writes. Like most people, I don't like change. Anybody want to say amen to that? Amen. And she goes on to say, I have envisioned my life a certain way, and I resist anything that threatens to put it on a new path. So when God does a new thing in my life, my first reaction is to oppose it and cling to the old familiar ways. For example, last year, God closed the door and refused to open it despite my many prayers. Instead of accepting it and going down the path into the unknown to look for a new door that God may have opened, I camped out at the old door and banged on it with all of my might. Isn't that wonderful? Instead of seeing God's new thing, she was so caught up in God's old thing that she sat, camped at that door, and banged on it. It never opened. And finally, she moved. And she closes with this, Since then I have learned that it is vital to embrace the new things God is doing, to let go of past opportunities and prepare for the new things ahead. Friends, when God is doing something new, it sometimes requires us to step into the unknown, which may feel uncomfortable. It may even be scary and downright unpleasant. We might be tempted to hold on to the life we know where everything is familiar. But we need to let go of the old. And we need to trust God with the new. We need to trust God that, that he knows what he's doing. And the new thing he is about to do will bless us, may even bless the world through us. But it is what needs to happen. Otherwise, friends, we will miss out on all the good things that God wants to do for us and through us. God is doing a new thing all around us. God is making a way where we see no way. God is breaking down strongholds and transform, transforming dark places to places of sacred light. God is turning hardened hearts into compassionate and caring hearts. God is doing new things everywhere. Do we not perceive it? Everywhere we look, we see God's new thing. If our eyes are open for it. Everywhere we look, we see God giving new life and new directions to his believers, to his children, to his church. Crooked places are made straight and rough places are made plain. I want to close with this. When I was the associate pastor at Central Methodist in Linwood, one of my jobs was the children's moment. I was not nearly as good at it as Shannon. <laughs> but there's this little boy. His name was David. 
And every Sunday, David would run up to the front of the church. And he would say this, Pastor Rich, bless you. <laughs> Timing is everything. <laughs> he said, Pastor Rich, what are we going to do today? And I thought as I prepared for this morning, what if we woke up every morning and we said, God, what are we going to do today? And then be open to all the wonderful ways that God is going to answer that question. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your unchangingness. We thank you for your love and your passion and your, your forgiveness. And you're making a way where there is no way. We thank you for salvation in Jesus' name. We, we thank you for deliverance and life. But we also are grateful, oh God, that that doesn't mean that you are a static God who doesn't allow new things, new blessings, new ways of being, new ways of living to, to invade our lives, to capture our spirits, and to inform and encourage us as we live in this world. We thank you for, for Jesus and our place in his church. And we thank you for the gift of life in his name. And we pray this all in his name. Amen. We really appreciate you staying with us this time around. Remember, you can always search out other podcasts from OGC by looking up Ocean Grove Church or type in oceangrovechurch.com slash podcast question mark format equals RSS in your player of choice. And if you'd like other ways to stay up to date on all things Ocean Grove Church, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as Ocean Grove Church, on Twitter as OG Church, and don't forget our website, OceanGroveChurch.com. And you can contact us via email at OceanGroveChurch at gmail.com. Until next time, we bid you peace.